0: to success stories brought to you by sns activewear i'm your host marshall atkinson and this is the podcast that focuses on what's working so you can have success too how can screen printing a shirt or running a screen printing business factor in with the aspect of mental health what about the concept of running a business with a bigger mission mentally On today's Success Stories podcast, we're going to hear the amazing journey of Amber Massey, who runs T-Shirts for Hope in Fortson, Georgia, which is just 90 minutes south of Atlanta. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. So Amber, welcome to the Success Stories podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and very excited about it. And I met you for the first time, I believe, at the Shirt Lab Atlanta event. That is correct. Right. And you were sitting there in the front row taking notes. (laughs) I was. Lots of notes. I am a good note taker. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just fantastic. And I love what you've been doing with your whole business and your mission. And we're going to get into a lot of that now. So are you ready for some questions? I hope so. All right. Well, here we go. So let's talk about the origin story of your shop. So at one point, you were a special ed teacher, and then you got into pharmaceutical sales. So how did you know you wanted to do something different? I always liked
1: designing and printing shirts. When I started, I mean, I started like as a child with art. And then when I taught school, we printed shirts for like field day and that type of thing. And then... I guess the biggest part was we started doing mission trips and we would order t-shirts and I would spend 7 $8 on a mission trip shirt. It was just a lot of wasted money. So I figured out how to get t-shirts printed like third party and use the money to build a house or help the orphans. So I knew there was something missing and that is something I wanted to look into.
0: So really it's about you just being dissatisfied enough to go, you know what? I can do that. And here's my famous words. Of, How hard could it be?
1: <laughs> I agree with you on that. I wouldn't say dissatisfied. Well, maybe dissatisfied on the fact that I felt like I could give more and serve yeah. more. And I always want to give back. And I knew there was an opportunity through t-shirts to make the world a better place.
0: So when you got started, like walk us through with that, right? Did you buy a little manual press? I mean, what what were you doing?
1: Okay, so... I went from teaching school, I taught special ed for eight years, and then I didn't like being stuck behind four walls and felt like I could do more. So I went into pharmaceutical sales where I made a lot more money, but I was stuck in offices. So I decided I was going to do mission work full time and lots of prayer decided I was going to go buy a manual press, print as a hobby, help the missions overseas and that type of thing. My dad and I went to Atlanta and I ended up with an automatic... A lot more than I expected, had planned for.
0: So well, hold on. You went out and was hoping to buy a manual and then you ended up with an auto. Yes. Not hoping I had planned.
1: Like I had the order form, paperwork, check, everything to buy a manual. Auto right. was not even was not even a thought. I didn't know much about screen printing anyway. And I thought this will be a great hobby.
0: Right. And so that's really jumping off the cliff. <laughs> And so would you take some classes? How did you get started with that? Blindly. I had no
1: experience. I had um outsourced some shirts as a school teacher. That was pretty much it. I watched a little bit of YouTube, not really, because I will tell you this. I didn't watch, I didn't know who Ryan Moore was with rock. And I think he's all over YouTube. I know he's all over YouTube, but I had just asked people around Georgia what they had, and that's not what I ended up with. But I knew nothing. I knew that. I'm talented enough and hustle enough and could do the physical labor to make good T-shirts and save people money.
0: So it's really grit and hustle and trial and error. You taught yourself how to do it. Lots of trial and error. I
1: screw up a lot. I learn a lot by screwing up a lot.
0: Well, that's okay. Growth comes from failure. So that's good, right? So I have lots of growth.
1: (laughs) So when was this? Oh my gosh, you're asking me numbers, Marshall. I'm going on my sixth year of having my machine. So 2016. Sure. So 2016, we went to buy the manual. That didn't work out. So I bought an auto. I bought a Rock U. And then Rock U got stuck in Portugal during a storm. And I'd already taken on a bunch of orders. So I ordered a Raleigh Hopkins and got it pretty quick. And I hired people who knew how to screen print to screen print because I had no
0: idea. Okay. So hold on. So you bought an auto and couldn't get it. And then you ended up with a manual, which is what you wanted to begin with.
1: Yes. And I still didn't know how to do it. (laughs) I remember my first shirt and it was just black ink on a performance, of course. And I'm like, oh, no big deal. That stuff came out like marshmallow, burnt marshmallow. It was so thick. Um, It was awful. And then I thought, what the heck did I just do?
0: And so you hired people who knew what to do?
1: Kind of. I called a guy that I knew from church and I said, Hey, I decided to go into screen printing. Do you have any suggestions? He said, Don't. That was it. And I'm like, Wait, what do you mean don't? He goes, Don't. And he said, What did you buy? And I said, I got a manual. He goes, Send it back. And I went, But I bought an auto too. And he's like, Send it back. And I said, I can't. So I just said, Is there any chance you can just come to my shop and show me where to put the machines? I knew nothing. Like, yeah, nothing. And he um showed up and kind of taught me where to set it up and then felt sorry for me because he kind of started the same way and probably came out for about two weeks. And we would work from, I'd say, 10 p.m. till 2 a.m. I paid him really well. That's all I learned. So all I knew was what he taught me. And then I started doing some YouTube and everybody does things differently. I did learn that.
0: And so that was 2016, How long did it take you to you felt like you know I'm pretty competent at this I'm good at what I do April sixth twenty twenty two I'm just kidding for those who don't know that's today's date when we're recording this today (laughs) I would say
1: I really did not spend tons of time on it like full time in the shop I'd spend a couple hours I mean I had to learn how to do emulsion I had to learn how to do everything with no help so it was just me for a long time and then. When COVID hit, I was a good screen printer before that, but when COVID hit is when I spent all my time on water-based and just really fine-tuning the chemistry of screen printing. So COVID is really when I figured out what works for me and what I love and all of that. I still don't love white Plastisol ink. One day, maybe I will, but I don't.
0: Right. So you're just doing water-based now? No,
1: I've, well... My goal was to just do water-based. That is my passion. That is what I love. After COVID, I lost a lot of business during COVID because, okay, just to clarify things, I'm not one of those women's lib whatever things, but I lost a lot of business to male companies. They went around and just kind of said, hey, Amber does it as a hobby. You know, her husband makes all the money. I need to put food on my table. I lost a lot of customers because I didn't go around and say, hey, they're lying, Let me tell you the truth. So God definitely worked during then because it gave me some downtime. So anyway, recently, Marshall, you know, I ramble. Recently, I picked up a lot of contract work and we've talked about this. It's contract work as in volume, but I get paid really well. They like Plastisol. The construction industry likes Plastisol ink, So I print Plastisol because I
0: get paid well. Right. So who are your typical customers now? Now that you know what you're doing and you're, you've are you got your business going. And so who are you focused on?
1: People who make a difference. Groups that make a difference. I do a lot of mission-based shirts. Where I spend my time is where I don't make physical money. So I do a lot of adoptions, a lot of mission trips. I work with the colleges, like the diversity and the kids that are on limited budgets. I give more than I make, which I know is not a good business plan, but that's where I invest my time. The rest is I do a lot with a lot of women businesses. I would say that 75% of my businesses or my customers are women. And I lucked up to find a woman contractor who used to be in construction. So I work with her and she likes to support women. So that's worked out well. I don't even know if I answered your question. (laughs) This week, I printed shirts for an adoption, two adoptions, one for awareness. A lot of health awareness is diabetes, mental health. My number one passion right now is Al-Anon, which supports families, friends, and children of alcoholics. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of counseling and mentoring there. My background in education and psychology. That's where my passion is to help others who don't have a voice, to make a statement without having to say a word. That would probably sum it up.
0: So, really, it's fair to say that you're using the apparel decorating business to augment your mission to help others. Absolutely.
1: That's what it is. It is a powerful statement. I think it empowers people. Wear a shirt, screams, this is what I stand for, this is what I believe, but because I'm anxious or whatever the reason. It's not coming out of my mouth.
0: And how's business? Is it growing? Is it where you want it to be? Business is growing.
1: It is. It's growing for the right reasons. Just the networking. I've realized if you support other people's passions and what they believe in, they're able to share not only what they believe in, but also who they use, who supports them. That's been huge. I printed some face masks for an abused women's shelter that said love shouldn't hurt. I donated them off of that. Probably picked up five or six steady big clients. So that's been kind of cool. Like I do things for the right reasons. And then people who are on the board who have money and want to spend money have used me. So not use me in a bad way, use me to <laughs> get shirts. I do well making money off of people that have money. Right. Well, we know what you mean, Amber. And everybody reminds me nonprofit does not mean not for profit because I feel like I give a discount to everybody which is fine. I have food on my
0: table. Well, that's good. Like what you hear so far? Be sure to subscribe so you can get the latest from success stories. And now here's Zach Shortley with the SNS Spotlight. On our blog, The Press, we work hard to bring you info on the latest fashion trends, business advice from your industry peers, and inspiration to help you think outside the box. Because at SNS, we believe your success is our success. It's a priority for us to find ways of bringing you the knowledge that will help take your business to the next level. So if you're looking for ways to deliver something unique for your clients, grow or operate your business, and learn new methods for selling products, check out The Press at press.ssactiveware.com. Thanks for listening. So one of the things I really like about how you run your shop is the makeup of your employees. So it's not just you doing stuff. You've got people that help you. So why don't you kind of talk about that a little bit and how important that is to you?
1: So I mentioned earlier, I taught special ed. Since the age of 13, I always worked with the special needs community. Just have felt called to do it. To pull that back a little bit, I was always the chunky kid. Growing up in school, always like, I'm not going to say bullied, but I was always just made fun of because I was heavy. So at that point, I realized what it felt like to just not really be included. So I kind of just had a passion for kids with special needs that looked different, acted different. So now in the shop, I, well, I taught school. I told you that I taught special ed for 12 years. I got out of special ed mostly because I taught EBD, which is emotionally behavior disturbed kids. And on the high school level, you can stay, I think, in school till 22. So my kids would go to jail on weekends for breaking the law, and then they could come to school Monday through Friday. So it was more of being like a security person than a teacher. So I didn't like that. But so my shop, I work with special needs. It is the coolest, not always the most productive environment. I have a neighbor, Jason. Jason's 47, physically. He was in a wheelchair until middle school, maybe mentally behind, but loves coming to work. He loves life like I do, and he laughs with me. So our shop's pretty much ran by me, and Jason is my sidekick. Mm -hmm. As for the other special needs environment, I'm working with the high schools. They have off-campus work where they, a lot of them, they go into churches and clean the churches and that type of stuff, but we're really working to allow them to come in and learn a trade, not so much counting inventory, but organizing and that kind of stuff. And we allow them to print on the manual and they get so excited and feel like they're really important and they belong. And I feel, I feel joy out of that. And Jason gets to be the trainer.
0: That's great. And so you're teaching people that, Hey, you can have a purpose. There's something that you can be doing and you can contribute.
1: Yes. I think everybody wants to have a purpose and feel needed. And I think the Screen Print Shop is my opportunity to give back that way.
0: So when you're working with these folks, right, and sometimes it might take a little longer to do something, how do you allow for that time? Because this is such a deadline driven industry, right? We got a thing that's got to ship Friday, right? Are you kind of like, knowing that it could take a little longer and that way you're not overbooking and over, you know, over promising? Yes.
1: I have a crew that comes in in the evenings, all adults. It started out with just women who were like struggling with postpartum depression or kids who were in college trying to pay their way through or to help their parents pay the rents. So we did that for about three years. And then the kids, you know, ended up graduating, that type of thing. But now I have Three different guys that come in and we work night shift. So we start at 630 and work till 1230. And then we also work on weekends with my kids and family. We don't miss deadlines ever. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of our, something we stand behind. That is great being a shop owner. I can work whenever I want to work, but I do have a crew that can come in when needed. But Jason and I print, I'd say 80% of our jobs. Usually my contract work, they give us 10 days to put it out. And I just know how quickly we can work.
0: Right. So with these type of employees, if somebody listening right now wanted to, you know, maybe, hey, I would like to get into doing that, right? How should they get started or what should they be thinking about or, you know, a do's and don'ts kind of thing? There's several
1: printers that I've met recently that have worked with special needs community. I think high school is a great place to start. Goodwill. It's a wonderful place to start. They have a list of employees that they can tell you like what their abilities are, what they can and can't do, how many hours they can work, because a lot of the adults do get supplemental checks and they are only allowed to work a certain amount of hours without losing their checks. So we have to watch that because they could work a lot of hours but not be productive. So we allow them the opportunity to come volunteer and hang out in addition to that, because I don't want to do anything to harm their benefits or anything else. So it's kind of a community, but they still get paid. So I'd say Goodwill, the school systems are always looking for something or just printers. I know that Cassie with Print United just interviewed a company and I don't know the name of it, but they focus on special needs in the community. Ryanette just posted special needs. I think it's in November, but they just made a post this past week and shows they have a lot of amazing people that just have some limitations or special abilities. So they would probably be more helpful to do it officially.
0: Right. I've been to Spectrum Designs in New York, who are they have 70% of their staff on the autism spectrum.
1: Yep, so. which is amazing. And I think because of the fact that my degrees are in special needs and I taught special needs, it just comes easier. But I did just meet a couple of people that taught special ed and are in the print industry, which is cool because we bounce back and forth ideas like, in our shop, we have tennis balls or racket balls on the end of every plug because our guys step on the plugs. And once you scrub a plug, it's expensive to fix. So we have tennis balls or racquetballs on the ends, pegboards. Everything goes on a pegboard. Everything's off the floor. Once you find your community that has worked with special needs or just people who have special needs children in those chat groups, you learn a lot.
0: Yeah, what, one of the things that, that I've noticed is that you need to have more visual cues you need to like really make it easy for people to grasp what the next thing is, what they should be doing, and I think this tra- really translates to people that don't have the special needs, also, right? So the more that you can simplify things and make it so it's the really easy to understand what the next thing to do is, the better for your shop. So I think a lot of people can just learn from that and really help their company grow and be more efficient just by really even just thinking about these things
1: i'll say too
0: i'm extremely
1: add adult add off the charts i take really good medicine as you can tell after 5 p.m my filter goes away like a truck stops i do everything color-coded or like one two three everything has steps so color-coded green means let's go like this is what we're doing Yellow is next. And then red pretty much means stop, don't touch it. And we just do that with a traffic light because they're aware of that. Green means you can wash these. Yellow means don't. Red means we're doing these again. Everything's one, two, three steps. So when I say, okay, step one, they know that means the are going on the cart. So we just keep it very simple, not only for them, but for me as well, because we have a lot of different things going on in the shop at once. So I think simplicity is great. For everybody, especially for me. I just, I like
0: simple. Hey, so you've got a kind of a special story about your logo. Can you share that with us?
1: I do. It has taken me six years to decide on a logo.
0: That's a long time, Amber.
1: I know. And I still haven't (laughs) finalized it. So not everything is simple with me. Here's my quote A chaotic woman, no, a passionate woman is worth the chaos. So I say that often. My grandmother's Japanese. She had a brain aneurysm and a stroke probably about 16 years ago and we folded origami cranes with hope that she would recover it is just a japanese tradition so that became something i knew i wanted as a logo i knew i wanted to use the origami crane in some way because that was just it's something our family believes in we believe in hope and the crane just represented that so t-shirts for hope the hope came from my grandmother I don't love the name of my business. Your business name is awesome. What are you talking about? It's just people are like, "What? Like, do you do search for Africa?" and I'm like, "We will." But it's just to give hope to everybody, not just special needs people, but people who are struggling with getting pregnant or struggling raise money for adoption or you know, anxiety, whatever it is. The goal is to give hope to other people's passions.
0: Right. And I love the fact that you're using, you know, something from your personal history, but also means hope. I think that there's great connection.
1: Thanks. I'm going to finalize my logo soon. And they don't have business cards.
0: <laughs> so what's next for you, Amber? I mean, uh, the last time I saw you, you were uh, hanging out at Long Beach, running a rock at, at the booth there, right? So... What gets you excited? What are you really focused on for this year or upcoming?
1: My oldest graduates from college. My youngest graduates from high school. I want to get better at printing. I want to travel. I want to see other shops. I want to help other shops. The trade show was amazing. That's the first official trade show I've been to besides going to buy my machine and having no clue. It was just awesome being able to meet new people and just to see what's out there. So I definitely want to do more of that. I did print hustlers this year, which my brain was on fire. So I can't wait to do that again. So I don't know. I know I want to print a lot of water base. I want to teach other people to print water base. I want to teach other screen printers. So the screen printing industry doesn't get outsourced to another country. In all honesty, I want to keep jobs here in the U.S. I want to support as much as we can in the U.S., and I want people to be excited. And in addition to that, with my one son graduating, my other one going to college, and I have all these degrees, I also don't feel like you have to have a college degree to do something you love and make good money. And I want people to see that too, that there's traits you can love and do pretty well financially.
0: Right. It's just a matter of finding your, your niche and your mission. And I think you've uh, certainly done that. And I love the way that you've connected your passion for teaching your passion for being creative and then also for making a difference and all into one thing you've rolled it up like a little hope burrito (laughs) i like burritos
1: just not from gas stations truck
0: stops (laughs) okay well great so amber thank you so much for sharing your story of success with us today If someone wants to learn more about what you do or maybe how you can help them, what's the best way that they can contact you?
1: My company name is T-shirts, T-S-H-I-R-T-S for hope. My website and stuff is T-S-F-O-R hope, which I don't even think T-S is a legit word. I think it has to be hyphenated or an apostrophe, whatever. So it's T-S for hope or just Amber P. Massey and it links. To everything. Just three quick things. One, Rock has rocked together the diversity forum. That is a great place when you were asking about how to get connected with special needs. There's a lot of information there on diversity and working with special needs. So that's a good place to go. And then the peril list, I t- mentioned Cassie just did an article about the shop that you had mentioned. So that's, you know, you read the articles and then there's links off of everything else. And I think you posted actually on Twitter about that shop. Um,
0: Well, I've recorded a podcast with them and I was just there with my uh, Adventures in Apparel Decorating film crew and we'll have an episode coming out later this year.
1: So watching podcasts and social media is a great place and I've watched all your stuff so I'm not sure which one it is. But (laughs) if you just follow other passionate people, it's easier to find it. So there's lots of resources. You just got to find the ones that you connect with it's out there you don't have to reinvent the wheel
0: great. awesome well thank you so much amber you've been great and keep it going well that's our show today thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe so you can stay up to date on the latest success stories episodes have any suggestions for future guests or topics send them my way at marshall and and we'll see you next time